the podcast from Belmont Chapel in Exeter, sharing the story, living the life. For more information, go to belmontchapel.org.uk. Okay, folks, John is going to be preaching for us in a few moments' time, but please take a look at the screens as our reading is going to be in a video. Jesus had been teaching in Judea. He and his disciples began traveling back to Galilee. They traveled through Samaria and stopped in a town with a well. Jesus' disciples went into town to buy food. While Jesus was at the well, a Samaritan woman came to get water from the well. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. The woman was surprised. Why are you talking to me? She asked. You are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. Jesus said, I asked you for a drink. You don't know who I am. If you did, you would have asked me for a drink, and I would give you living water. The woman was confused. She said, Sir, this well is deep and you don't have a bucket. Where do you get this living water? Jesus said, Anyone who drinks this well water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the water I give will never be thirsty again. In fact, the water I give will become a well inside you, and you will have eternal life. Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit, but the woman did not understand. Sir, she said, give me this water. If I'm not thirsty, I won't have to keep coming to this well to get water. Go get your husband, Jesus said. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus knew she was telling the truth. He said, you don't have a husband now, but you've had five husbands. Jesus was right. I see you are a prophet, the woman said. Maybe this prophet could explain something to her, she said. The Samaritans worship here on a mountain, but the Jews say we need to worship at the temple in Jerusalem. Jesus said, Soon you will not need to be in either of those places to worship God in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus said, I am the Messiah. The woman left and told the people in her town, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? Many Samaritans believed in Jesus because of what the woman said. Jesus stayed in their town for two days. Many more believed because of what Jesus said. They told the woman, We no longer believe because of what you said, for we have heard for ourselves and know that this really is the Savior of the world. Jesus offers something better than physical water. He gives us himself. Jesus gives the Holy Spirit to everyone who comes to him by faith. We can worship him as Lord and Savior wherever we are. Good morning. That's my talk. No, I'm done. No. (laughs) 
Um, it's really good to be able to see you all today. Um, my name's John, if you don't know, I'm the youth worker here, um, and I'm a member of this church. Um, and yeah, it's my privilege to be able to talk to you today as we look in our Bibles. Um, if you want to read along, I'm not going to do a big deep dive onto John 4 today. Um, you've got that coming in a few weeks when Johnny's going to do it. But I'm going to do um, a little bit of John 4 today. And if you want to follow along, we're going to be in John chapter 4, which if you've got a green Bible is page 1007. But otherwise, feel free to keep it open, read along. There's some good stuff in there. Um, I have on the table in front of me some things. I've got a posh pot noodle that Rachel Morris will eat. I've got a weird crystal tree. I've got a rubber duck. I've got a virus soap. I've got a sponge, a tea bag, um, a giant gun, an ice cube tray, and a kettle. Can anyone tell me what they have in common? What, what specifically? They all need water. Thank you. Very good. None of these work without water, okay? Um, Today, we're going to be talking about water. We're going to be talking about water quite a lot. I thought I'd start us off with some cool water facts. Did you know that both a jellyfish and a cucumber are 95% made of water? I think that's really cool. Did did you know that only 1% of the entire water in the planet is drinkable? I think that's kind of interesting. Did you know that your bones are 31% water? I went down a percentage train and I I couldn't get off it. Um, We perspire over two litres of water today. That is a big Coke bottle of water every day we fill in perspiration. Bit gross. Um, Interestingly, more things dissolve in water than in any other substance. And if you pour out hot water and you pour out cold water, they sound differently. Water is mad. It's bonkers. It does all these different things. If we look at the table, okay, on this table, water can be used to hydrate. It can be used, I'm going to lift it because it's got water in it. It can be used to grow weird little crystal things. It can be used to have fun and to float things. It can be used to clean things. It can be used to diffuse, that's a fun word, uh, things through water. It can be used to grow things. If you soak a sponge, it will grow even bigger. It can be used to sanitize things. So if you boil a kettle, you've got sanitary stuff to clean things even more clean. It can be used to cool things down as well as heat things up. And it can even be used to have a bit of fun with and uh, I wanted to get like a giant water wheel but you know there's, there's so much it can even be used to power stuff we can use water to actually generate electricity and make things work water has so many different uses and also we can drink it it's quite good to drink it's quite uh, it's kind of essential to drink but today we're thinking about something different um, today We're thinking about Jesus saying, I've got a different type of water to offer you. And I go through all of that, okay, because water already does a lot of things. And we are in different, okay? That's an important thing to remember. I don't know about you, but when I hear this story, I can often fall into a trap of thinking that Jesus is like, Doing a, doing like a bit of an advert for like a product that's going to change my life today. You know, maybe it's like some spiritual isotonic sports drink that's going to give me the necessary oomph to get through to, to the next week when things are really hard. Or maybe it's like a performance booster that's going to make me really super Christian. I'll be capable of being so much holier than I was before. Or it's some sort of like religious fertilizer plant food that's going to grow all this fruit from my life and ministry. But I think that's missing the different that Jesus is talking about. What Jesus is offering is actually quite simple, but massive and perspective changing. And I think the best way to start understanding that, and I'm hoping my clicker works, if not, can we go to the next slide, is to look at what the woman's reaction is when she actually hears about this water, okay? 
So this is later on in John chapter 4. This is a woman's heard Jesus' truth. She's heard him say, I'm the Messiah, and this is living water out for you. And it says, leaving her water jug, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? Now, what's interesting about that is that very first sentence. This is a woman who is thirsty, who's come to a well to drink some water. And she heard about some different water, and she left it behind. She left the water behind that she came to get. Now, obviously, that's because the water that Jesus offers quenches our thirst and revitalizes our spiritual isotonic energy drink. No, it's much bigger than that. It's much, much bigger than life-sustaining water, which sounds ridiculous. It sounds bonkers and mind-blowing that something could be better than the very thing that gives us life and keeps us growing. So how does Jesus describe this water? Why is it more necessary than normal water? Well, Jesus says, everyone who drinks this water, the water in the well, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. There's a big word in there, eternal And this is the difference that Jesus is talking about. Jesus isn't talking about never being physically thirsty again. Jesus is talking about a a, a quenching that is eternal. We've been thinking today about Martha, and it's really exciting that Martha's been dedicated into our church family. And she's starting her journey towards maybe knowing Jesus one day. And we're all on a journey similar to that. But And I'm really sorry I'm doing this in a dedication, but there's a truth about our journey Unless Jesus comes back, we're all going to have an end point on our journey. Everyone's journey is going to stop at some point, and we're all going to die, okay? Unless Jesus comes back in our lifetime, hallelujah. Um, The change that we see here is we're talking about eternity. We're talking about something that actually extends the shelf life on us. We have a definite shelf life. We will all one day finish our journey. And it won't matter what water we get at that point. But Jesus is talking about something bigger. And he's not just encouraging us to be better, try harder, act more holy. If you're already Christian, it could sometimes be easy to think that that's what Jesus is talking about when he talks about living water. But I think this is bigger and more outrageous and mind-blowing. This is an offer where Jesus says, do you know what? Your life goes from having a definite shelf life to being an eternal shelf life to never finishing, to never stopping. For Martha at the start of her journey, for us a little bit further along, it doesn't matter. We've still got just as long, we've got all of eternity to spend in the loving arms of Jesus. Now, if you don't know Jesus yet, or you're not sure if you're a Christian, young or old, this might seem a bit weird, but it is the best sales pitch that I I or anyone else can ever give you. Jesus is fixing something that went wrong long ago. Because... We talked before, didn't we, about water being necessary for people, it being an essential part of our life. But actually, the bigger, more necessary, essential part of our lives is that we were meant to be in perfect relationship with God. We were meant to know God through his son personally. And the woman at the well had all these issues that she had put in her life in front of her relationship with Jesus. And Jesus spoke to her, and he cut through all that, and he said, this, this is what matters And it changes everything. And that can be true for all of us today. We will have stuff in our life 
that we do wrong, that we choose, that we put in front of our relationship with Jesus. And the offer today is a water that says, actually, let's deal with that and let's speak about eternity instead. So, if you are a Christian, we're going to talk about it in a second. But if you're not a Christian, today could be the first opportunity that you have to say to Jesus, maybe you're the Messiah. Maybe I need to think about my life in terms of eternity, in terms of what I've put in the way of knowing God personally through his son. And maybe today's the day that everything changes for me. And if that's you, oh, that's exciting, and we'd love to talk to you more. I'm going to wrap up now, and we're going to go into a time of reflection. Um, but I want to just leave you with a couple of thoughts to reflect on. Because this eternal life that Jesus offers did come with a cost. And if you're not a Christian, or if you're not used to church, you might not know why we've got these big wooden T's around the building. Well, Jesus died on a cross and he rose again. And we know that because he did that, that's how we can know God. That's how we can enjoy this eternal life forever. And we put these here because not we're weird and morbid and like to think about people dying, but because actually we're celebrating and remembering the sacrifice that Jesus gave so that we could know God and have that eternal life. And this morning, I'm going to offer you an opportunity in like a minute or so, to come to the cross, to come and respond. And if you're not a Christian, maybe come to the cross and say very simply, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for the stuff that I've put in my life where it's got in the way. I want your eternal life that you're offering, and I'm choosing today to receive your forgiveness and follow you. But I suspect most of us are Christians here. The cross doesn't lose any of its weight or power. And so I'm inviting you guys to the cross as well. Because actually this message is a reminder for us. I think it reminds us of two things. First of all, it reminds us that actually this is a daily recommitment. That we can daily come and say, here's some more stuff that I've put in the way of my relationship with you. And I need to give you that and leave it at the cross. But secondly, later on in John's Gospel, Jesus says this. He says, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And that verse has always challenged me. Even greater things than Jesus has done? Well, Jesus spoke to the woman at the well. So my question for you is, where's your well? Where are the people that you're going to be speaking truth to? Um, This week, um, I was working in Exeter College. Um, For those of you who go to Exeter College, hooray. No, they're all teenagers, they won't shout. Um, But in Exeter College, we were doing some taster days and we did a taster day of the CU. And... Our second session, only one person came, and it was really awkward, and there were three youth workers there, and this girl, God bless her, called Kat, came into the room, and we said, you know what, Kat, we're not going to keep you for an hour and a half, that feels like torture, doesn't it, like, with three youth workers and you, and you, she sat there and went, I'm not even a Christian, I just came because I thought it would be fun to talk to people about something different. And what happened is we then talked to her for about an hour and 10, hour and 20 minutes about Jesus. And she just kept asking us questions. And by the end of it, we had a copy of John's Gospel in her hands. She knew two churches that she might be going to. She's going to look for an Alpha course online. And she's keen to come back to the see you even though she still doesn't believe in Jesus. And we were going to write that off. We were going to write that moment off as professional Christian youth workers. We were going to say, this isn't going to work. This is silly. But to me, that was my well. That was my woman at the well. And I sat and I said, do you know who Jesus is and what what you can do to change your life? So as we go into reflection, I'm going to invite you to come to the cross. To think about what you need to leave at the cross. Whether for the first time or whether for the 101st time. And to think, where are your wells? Where are you going to encounter these people and do greater things than Jesus did? And in front of the cross, there's a bucket of water. 
And just as a sign of commitment, I'm going to invite you to just wash your hands, and there's a towel next to it to dry yourself off.